sometimes people think that they don't have the best vision and you have to say, no, my vision is great. I just need to know how to better adapt to the environment around me. Because if you're a driver and you know how you've been on a road a hundred times or you're on a new road you've never driven before, guess what? You have things like Waze or Google Maps to, to guide you and direct you to be the most efficient. So think about who is that person, that, that thing, that, that mentorship, that guidance that can be that Google Maps for you. So even if you're on a new road for the first time, you can adapt to it quicker so and go further. Hey, it's Emily here. You know that uniqueness you have? I call it the it factor. We all have it, but some of us either really need to identify it or start to empower it. This show is all about giving you the lessons, tools, and principles I've learned after building a nine-figure sales organization, training leaders around the globe, and working alongside of some of the most influential people in this world. So now it's time to de-plug from your outside world and plug into your new world here. Let's dive in. Hello there, everyone. Welcome back to the show. Today, I've got a fun one for you. Why is this so fun? Is because I'm here with my love, my partner in life, Jake Havron, and we are going to be answering a lot of common questions that come to us in the DMs, okay? So I know that if you have this question, there's probably 10, maybe even 100 other people that are thinking or wondering the same thing. So we pulled some questions and we're going to be answering them today. So let's dive right in. Jake, you, Jake thanks for being on the show. Oh, I'm <laughs> glad to be here. You make me nervous. It's you... like, my God. <laughs> well, that's actually a common question I have for you right now is, do I make you nervous? Do I make you nervous? At times. At times. Yeah. Maybe. And how so? I don't know, because we're on set here together. We see each other 24-7, but now this is, I think, only our third time doing a, doing yeah. a show, and I think this no, is fun. No, you don't make me nervous. You make oh. me excited. Oh, yeah. well, I'm excited yeah. for this today. This yeah. will be fun. In the DMs. In the DMs. Okay, so what, first off, why are we doing this? Like, why Q&A, M and Jake? Like, what made you want to do this? Because I want to serve my audience, mm. and... I sometimes think like the best way to do that is to just ask questions yeah. and, and like ask my audience questions. And when I get these answers, I'm like, or when I do them one-on-one, -on -one, I always think, oh my gosh, there could be so many other people that w are wondering the same thing. Yeah. And so that's why. And I, and I also think it's good to like keep up. And keep totally. up in our life, and it changes very quickly. If anybody follows me at all, you know how fast that my life changes, and I move fast, and you move fast, mm -hmm. and so. Well, that's actually yeah. one of the first questions I saw someone ask, and oh. that's that's actually really relevant with what you're saying. And you know, I agree. And, and th this idea of the questions, you know, you had a guest on recently that was talking about the power of questions, and we're all about that. And you naturally build, I just want to like bring this up about you because it was an aha moment for you. Afterwards, you, we got in the car and you were sharing, oh my gosh, I didn't realize this, but like I'm naturally building community by wanting to serve by asking questions. Yeah. And how powerful is that? Mm -hmm. so oh my gosh. Yeah. I had this epiphany. If you watch the Dan Yell Robey episode that I had and, and she's all about asking powerful questions and 
I realized through our interview that that's really how I've been building content for the last 10 years. Which is another question on yeah. <laughs> so how to make content. I'm all about like figuring out what people want, what they need. And then I just go to work to try to help them if I know the answers. And yeah. so I think it's the best way you could ever build content. And that's how I built even the it factor because I would ask so many questions. Yeah, you did. And I realized one of the biggest things for people is caring what people think of, about them. It's not knowing their strengths. It's comparing themselves 24 seven, mm -hmm. not realizing the gifting that's been on their life. Like so many questions around how do you gain confidence? How do you gain energy? And it all boils back to knowing your it factor and then living it every day, which is easier said than done. And so, so that. yeah, that's Well, shall we dive into some of the questions? Let's dive let's in. Let's do it. So how this is gonna work is Emily asked on her Instagram, which if you're not following her yet, you definitely got it because we're probably going to do this again if it goes, people like this. But she asked questions about how we can help. And so they, in, they input all these questions. Mm -hmm. We have them right now. And so I'm going to go through some and then I think you'll go through some, answer it. Yeah. And if we both have our own input and we, you know, as we do it here and as Emily does it so well, we'll, we'll rift and we'll add in Let's some good go. Content. So what's the okay. first question? All right. So first question is, by, is from Angie. And Angie asks, what are the steps to build your brand? Ooh. What does it look like? Well, you know, I mean, there's, yeah, there's definitely steps. If we're looking at, you know, and what we do in the It Factor Mentorship Program, in particular with branding, is I take you through a whole journey of questions, right? So, like, who's your audience? What is your area of expertise? What's your goals for building your brand? Is it a personal brand or is it more of a product-based brand? Um, but I think the first place to start for most people is, this is very simple, it's showing up consistently mm. as who you are. And this may seem so elementary, but the reason why people don't have a personal brand that's worth watching is because they show up once a week mm. or a couple times a week, or they're showing up in areas that are great. Maybe it's them doing their business or trying to make a sale, but there is nothing that's really capturing people in. It's very like, yeah. I want you to buy from me. And this is what I see a lot, oh, you know, in people, both that. of us mentor, right? It's like, we don't know who they are. If we go on their Instagram feed, whether it's their feed or their stories, it's all like buy this, buy that, and there's no depth to it. And so that's the first place to start. And I would say the second place is just to get very clear on what is your message. And then we dive into your pillars and content mm -hmm. strategy from there. That's What's your thoughts? That's really on that? good. And I, I love that. And that's, you know, that's once again, the power of the questions is because people, when they look at their brand and I have a very, um, uh, aha thing that happened to me when I heard about what branding is, I'm going to share that here in a second, but people struggle with understanding what their brand is because they don't know how to find the answers because they don't have the right questions being asked. So when you said, when you go through your brand identity, uh, 
training and the it factor, or it, even you could find this anywhere in the sense in this, like if you go search up uh, questions to, to find your, your branding, right? Those questions help to extract the proper answers. So when you ask people like, who is your ideal avatar, right? Where do they shop? What do they enjoy? What does both online and offline look like? Now you're getting these little pieces to the bigger puzzle where before people would just not even know how to answer that. So the questions are so important and that's why I love what you do in your program with that. Mm. Um, I wanna really spark this idea of when the question was, what are the steps to build your brand? We have to get clear on what the word brand means. Mm -hmm. You talk about this so much and yeah. I love it. Yeah. Branding is not your logos. Branding is not the products you sell. Branding it's not your colors. It's not the colors. It's those are accessories. Here's the thing that you gotta understand right now. Branding is your reputation. Mm -hmm. So when Emily says this is your personal brand, change that word to think this is your personal reputation. Now, how do you start to build that personal reputa reputation? Mm -hmm. When someone comes to your page, what are they gonna see? What are they gonna know about you? If they had five seconds to take a quick look at you, what reputation you have? Mm -hmm. I think that might help to deconstruct a lot of people's limiting beliefs around how to build this. Yeah. They just need to think about how to have their personal reputation. You know? Yeah, it's it's so good and it's it's so true. And it's not it's not what I think of me, it's what you think of me. That makes up my reputation. And so you could survey a group of people and I recommend doing this when you start to really get conscious about branding and how you're showing up is to go on your Facebook feed, your Instagram, whatever, and say, you know, when, when you think of me, like, what do you think of what comes to mind? What are five words when you think yeah, of me? So good. And then you, there lies your answer from a, you know, high level of what your brand what, reputation what are five, is. What are five words that come to mind when you think of me? When I think of you, I think of strategic i think of optimizing performance i think of face outspoken um i think of a loving partner and you know you really show how to live that out through not even like you trying and giving tips it's just through your example so that's what the thing we'll get into that in a minute like it's your example as well yeah. it's not just what you're oh. trying to preach but it's it's actually done more by your actions. You're trying to make me blush on and your so own studio it set. Makes you, it makes your brand. Um, and then, you know, you're the fifth thing I'd say, like, you're super good at, um, you know, keeping things clean around the house. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Hey, that was a lot of words. I'm yeah, asking for yeah, one yeah. word. Yeah, the other word I would say is for you, fitness. Yeah, like, fitness, he like health. health. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know what I think of you? What? Five words. Well, what? Elegance class, uh, in, inspiration, the class, I'd say world-class because mm -hmm. you're world-class in everything you do. I say class cause classy, but I think that's more elegance and, uh, sweet. transformational. Yeah. And I know that's one of your, your key words is transformational on branding. Like everything you do is transformational. Similar. It's to transform. Yeah. Yeah. So those were like branding words. Mm -hmm. So there's, then there's like pillars. Mm -hmm. right so like more specifics we'll get we'll get to that question yeah yeah we'll get to that one as well but that's for for you listening yeah. right now think about that what are five words when someone comes to your page that they they won't consciously think that but they're gonna see elegance when you see yeah. emily's page 
It's the way that she shows up. There's a lot of photos she doesn't post because it doesn't follow that. And that would be a great first start start on this question about branding. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then if you, you're like, wow, I'm leaving out a huge component of who I want to be or who I want my brand to be, then that's how you're consciously, you'll start baking it in through showcasing it. Mm -hmm. Right. It's all about intention. It's all intention. Should we go to the next one? Yeah. Okay. So this next question, wow, this guy has a really good name. His name is Jacob. Um, Jacob asks, it's not me. I'm not asking this. Don't worry. The vision for my life has shifted. Has yours evolved over the years? And huh. if if yes, how so? Yeah. Oh my gosh. And you know, if you are growing, meaning if you're putting yourself in new experiences, if you're constantly learning new things, going to events, just putting yourself on that growth journey, your vision is going to constantly change. Mm. It's so normal. And I think sometimes we get so locked in on one vision and then when it changes, it's like, oh my gosh, you almost like don't give your permission, self permission to like allow it to change. I see that, you know, I experience that. I see that other people experience that as well. But yeah, absolutely. Your vision should change over time. As you gain new experiences, you're going to see something new that you never saw before. So just an example would be like one way to make money right? Is to get a job, be an employee, like do something you like or your area of expertise, but then you might see a different way to make money, which is, you know, through creating wealth or entrepreneurship or in a different space. And then it's like, you can't unlearn what you've seen. And that happened Mm -hmm. to me in my first business in network marketing. Like I couldn't unlearn it. I was like, wow, this makes so much sense. This is how I could make, you know, compound interest. This is how I could really create some real freedom. And so it was like, oh my gosh, my vision completely shifted. And your vision will also shift when you gain new values. Mm -hmm. Because you maybe thought like, oh, I wanted love for these reasons, but then you grow in in your values and then, then you shift and go, I thought I wanted all this and now I realize I want all this. This is actually way more important than that. Yeah. You know, what would be a specific pivotal point for you with your vision evolving? Like describe that for, for people to understand, like what comes to mind? What was the time when you were like, Whoa, whether it's recent, long time ago. Yeah. You know, in particular, I think it's the vision of it's Emily brand and this show, the podcast. How so? Um, you know, first it was just like, let's turn on the mic, have some fun. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I wrote this keynote and I realized through writing it and trying it out with people that a great deal of my vision is to free and help people understand their shame and past life experiences and to really help people be free from that. And I didn't know that that was even a thing for me until I did the deep work to write the speech, to run it through, and then to live it out myself through gaining freedom through all that with my life. Like, I didn't know that that was such a huge thing for me until I practiced it. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, my life has changed. Like my vision's changed. My calling has changed. And it's not like I was so far off my calling. I just got closer to 
the thing that I believe God is honestly pulling me towards or pushing me towards rather. That's such a good yeah. example. Yeah. You know, and this is why I love when we can rift because uh, obviously we do a life together and there's a lot of things that um, people just won't know if it wasn't coming from us. And, you know, people see this it factor show and they see the it's Emily brand and, you know, it's Emily brand was conceived uh, before I, we met but the it factor was conceived when we were together and they see this big grandiose thing and you have a whole it factor talk and you have it factor mentorship and show. But I remember when we were first figuring out, you were figuring out, we were kind of, we were conspiring on the idea of this, the it factor. Oh my gosh, the it factor. Yes. Is there other people? Oh, no, not as much. We can take it our own way. And we were like playing around with the words and this factor how is it an acronym or how should we do this? And, we were like, it feels like we were just like little like babies at that time. The idea was like a baby, especially yours. And I, I believe just a lot of people overlook those things and realize that this is here today because of the trial and errors. And, and you didn't know if you're going to run with it. Then you're like, I like this, but it, it didn't gain traction till later. So like, I just wanted to share that because those are the moments where people overlook and think, oh, well, no, I, it needs to be big now or it's not going to work. And, it's, oh, and it's, 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 we got to look at it. It's like the hockey stick. It's the exponential growth. And there was a long time of the it factor from the moment of conception where there was no movement, movement until you were, but you were putting, like you say so much, do you have the little duck under the, the water moving its feet thousand miles swan. per hour? You the, see the swan, the, but you don't swan, see its feet. And the, the truth is, is anything worthwhile takes a little bit to gain traction. And it's like most people are never consistent long enough to actually let it see it, it, it in its glory, to be honest. It never, it never can gain the power of the big mo, mm -hmm. which is momentum, because it's like you just don't put it out there enough. You know, it's like optimizing influence. It's like your event, you know, it's like it's in a, in a small scale because there's only been two events in person, mm -hmm. but look how much smaller the first one was from the second, but you had to continually like beat that message through and speak about it. And it takes time to gain traction with yeah. anything, yeah. you know, and your past always sets you up for your future. So the past me showing up has set me up for my current future. Yeah. So that's something to never like, don't beat yourself up about, you know, I always tell people like, don't ever beat yourself up about like it not popping off right away. Right. It's like, and oh we my have God. to, you and I have to remind us ourselves on that, like a lot. A lot. We see big picture. We, we got two now. visionaries in the house. So honestly, it's not like we're, we're not bulletproof at that. We have to be like, like, all babe, the time it takes time like like you're doing it you're doing great jake like we always have doing to it. give ourselves grace yeah don't we we do yeah, yeah. i want to add in and then we'll go to the next question on the vision um i i, I like to think of this question because you beautifully beautifully answered that i like your personal example on that vision is so you gotta think of vision as this it's like once you learn how to see right you you're pretty much nothing changes until age comes up. And then one day, like if you have some like degenerative diseases or whatnot, like you're, you're always able to see, right? So it's not so much changing the way you see, it's being able to adapt to what you're seeing. Mm. So we're on this life uh -huh. 
we're on this life, uh, this journey, and I like to see it like we're driving a car, right? No matter what car you drive or where you're at, your ability to see is the same. You might re reveal whether like you, uh, you have some dust in your eye, you gotta get rid of that, or there's something on the window and you gotta clear up, that's when you start to see things differently, like how you said, making different ways of income. But that's the same almost always. It's the, di the difference is you're gonna always be in a different journey and destination and you have to understand how to adapt on those roads, the environment, things like that. That's where vision to me speaks most is, is Ooh, how, is how so do good. you know yeah. the environment you're in, what vehicle you're using at that time. So your money example, you're a smart woman, you were in the vehicle of, of one specific type of making, way of making money and your environment was, uh, you know, whether maybe it was a little rough and bumpy at first, but then it got, to a nicer venue, a nicer location and all these things. So the journey always changed, but eventually you'll realize, oh, there's actually different vehicles. The vehicle I was driving right now is only going 20 miles per gallon. This other one is actually 35 miles per gallon, goes twice as fast, more efficient. It's a better looking car. So I just wanted to like, that, 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 that visualization came to mind because sometimes people think that they don't have the best vision and you have to say, no, my vision is great. I just need to know how to better adapt to the environment around me. Because if you're a driver and you know how you've been on a road a hundred times or you're on a new road you've never driven before, guess what? You have things like Waze or Google Maps to, to guide you and direct you to be the most efficient. So think about who is that person, that, that thing, that, that mentorship, that guidance that can be that Google Maps for you. So even if you're on a new road for the first time, you can adapt to it quicker so and go further. So basically what you're saying is to be resourceful. Be resourceful and be, and, and be adaptive. Adaptive. So like you have the same vision. Yes. But it's like, okay, this isn't working. So I need to like pivot and be resourceful. Being able to pivot. Yeah. So is this way better than yours? No. Is yours better than mine? No. It's just different ways to look at it because sometimes, mm -hmm. and you talk so well on this, sometimes people have to have grace on themselves and, and you could feel like I don't have the best vision comparatively to them. It's like, no, we all have the same vision. Some of us might be 2020s, some might be 2013, but the ones that are better at knowing and seeing their vision is because they can know and see what's around them and be resourceful to get there quicker. Yeah. Well, it's like, you don't see obstacles you see opportunities. Yeah. You know, and that, that's like how I really have lived. Yeah. And I think it came from my upbringing of just like, let's just make the best out of this. And it's like, you know, so where other people are, like they feel stuck all the time. It's not that I don't feel stuck all the time every day that happens to me, but I just quickly get out of the stuck way faster because I see and I'll find an opportunity yeah, to get unstuck. That's how I think. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not going to live here. I'm not going to stay here. I'm going to figure this freaking thing out. That's right. And I think you're the same way as me. Yeah. But you don't, it's not the way, you know, some people be like, oh, well, that's you guys. No, you could train yourself that way. You know, there's a, there's a little random study here I want to share. And it was uh, related to driving, actually. Middle of nowhere, you know, it's those, you, you lived in Minnesota, you know how it is. It's a stretch of road for hundreds of miles, you know nothing around. And you don't have that in Hawaii. Hawaii, you know, the island's only 20 miles long. You just have oceans. You have a lot of ocean. And they, they, they just realized that there's this weird occurrence happening in a certain area of Arizona somewhere. Freeway for miles, no one around. And there's... Um, 
what are they called? Those poles, the electric poles, you know, with, I don't even know what the word is, every quarter mile, right? For, for whatever the purpose is. Drawing a blank on that. <laughs> That's called free flowing here. And nothing around, but they realized there was a weird coincidence happening where whenever there was a car crash, most of the time, if not all the time, a car was crashing into the poles that were split quarter mile between each pole. Open land, everything. And they realized, why are people crashing into this, you know, two foot long pole that's super tall. And there's a quarter mile in between of empty space and they're crashing in a pole. And what they come to find out is because when someone is swerving off, whether it's bad storm or whatnot, the only thing they were able to focus on is not the gap of all the opportunity to not get hit. The one thing they could see, which is the pole and the obstacle. So because their focus, their vision was there, they were naturally crashing into the pole, even though there's so much space. And how many of us are doing that in life where we, there's so much opportunity in front of us, so much abundance, but because there's that one very bright, dark oh my pole in our life, which is an obstacle, a pain, a struggle, that's all we focus on. That's why we're still hitting that every time. Oh, it's so good. Isn't that wild? It's wild, but it's so true. You know what this reminds me of? What's that? I was like coaching someone one time and they were trying to get people involved in their business opportunity. And they're like, I, I just can't like see anyone on my Instagram or no, on my Facebook newsfeed. They like switched companies. And I was like, well, is most of the people like that are in your algorithm, are they with your past company? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, well that's all you're focused on is like mm. 10 people when there's 8 billion people in the world last I checked. And I'm like, what you focus on expands. And so that's literally like, I know it's a funny example, but I'm like, no wonder why you feel defeated. Like all you're seeing every day is yes. the same oh, freaking toast. You know, so that's what it reminds yeah, me. That's, that's a really yeah, good yeah, example. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. I What's love the it. Next okay, question? next question. You know how we do. We love talking a little faith over here. Sydney asks, can you recommend a good religious podcast? It's hard to read the Bible for me. Mm. So maybe a podcast or book or some sort of resource if the podcast doesn't come to mind. But a good religious, let's say good, even expand on that, good uh, uh, faith-based or you know spiritual, even though spiritual could go many different ways. Yeah. What would you recommend? Um, well, there's different components. And normally if there's an author, the author usually has a podcast as well. Mm. So like Joyce Meyer, which is, you know, she, you should read The Battlefield of the Mind. It's a really good book. Any of her books, she has daily devotionals. You've been diving into that book, haven't you? So good. Yeah, Talking every... about spiritual strongholds, the whole thing. Um, so, so Joyce, though, actually, she has the Bible that we read. Yeah. And it's still the Bible, but she breaks it down. So we can link that up here in the show notes. It's so good. Um, but she also has a podcast. And she also has, um, you know, many things you can digest with her. So she's great. Why, why do you love Joyce? Like for people that don't know who just she is. Like, she just makes it not complicated. She takes like the human experience and God and then she puts it together. You know, it's just very like, and she does storytelling and but it's all biblical based. Yeah. Everything. Yeah, she's is. very well respected. I didn't know who she was oh. before you. She's in her later years. So she's been doing this for decades. It was one of my first ever daily devotionals I ever had was from her. Really? Yeah. Like so good. 
Um, our, our friend Lisa Brevere and John Brevere. They have a really good podcast. Um, they're a couple, but they individually also have books, such good books, good podcasts. They're great speakers. Um, what, what's that morning thing that you play all the time? Um, the app. Well, what, or the, the app or YouTube? Well, it's, it's an app, the, the videos that you play. Those are YouTube. I know, but it's also an app. Did you know that? Well, we'll just, we'll just share what I do on YouTube. Cause I don't know yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what we do every morning is I literally search up my whole algorithm is now transitioned because it knows what I'm searching, but I search up Bible affirmations on YouTube and it's called like the Bide app. I don't want to use the app. It's though, a Bide app. The Bide yeah, app. But just, yeah. just start off with the YouTube. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about what we, what we actually do here. And so I search up Bible affirmations and there's all these different like videos on listen to this if you you know are struggling or if you're trying to get rid of anxiety or if you just you know prayer for every morning and between 10 minutes to 20 minutes and what i do is i just you know start with one there's a really good one if you want to listen to like especially overcoming fear just type in bible affirmations fear there's really good ones and the moment we wake up <laughs> emily can attest to this you know, I turn my phone off of uh, airplane mode because I always put it in airplane mode. Don't want no disturbance. I still keep it on do not disturb. That's a key thing because you don't want to check your phone to turn on YouTube and you see all these notifications. And, uh, and I just press play. And while I'm brushing my teeth, getting dressed, go drink my water, whatnot, I let that play. And then guess what? When the next one goes, it'll be a different one. And just let them go through. And every morning, just do this. And pretty soon, the algorithm starts to recommend you all these amazing ones. And you just need 10 or so minutes in the morning. But uh, it just plants good seeds in your, in your mind. You know, it allows for you to uh, garden the mind that if you have a lot of weeds, guess what? First, you got to pluck some of those weeds, uh, whether you physically have to go do the work or plucking sometimes naturally happens by just identifying what weeds are. So when you listen to these and maybe you've never listened to anything else or really are very new in your walk, right? when you hear the biblical you know, messages about fear and anxiety or what it means to glorify God, that naturally brings awareness to what is good. So then automatically, you know, what is not good. So when you hear that, you'll be like, oh my gosh, those thoughts and those feelings, that is not good. I need to start finding a way to pluck those. And that's such a beautiful start to having a deeper walk. Oh my gosh. And it's, it's the atmosphere in the room. Yeah. And it's like creating that atmosphere which I love that. You set the standard for the day. Oh my gosh. Right away. About playing that. And like, there, it's like, let's just be real. It's not every day that you want to play this stuff. Like it's, there's moments or, or you're like, Oh, I I need to get busy. I need to get to work. I need Mm -hmm. to, you know? And so it takes like discipline, um, disciples and the word discipline, right? Like it does, but it, it makes such a difference in like, even like our house, the whole atmosphere. And even like, if I'm having a bad day or a bad moment, I come, I come walking in the bathroom with my, my YouTube on Emily's already doing her thing. And it's like, how could you say no to that? You start to hear it and Mm -hmm. you start to, Mm -hmm. yeah, take that in. So that's such a good tip. Like, oh my gosh, so good. Or even if you're, when you're going to bed at night too. So it's like night Bible. So uh, it's like in your subconscious. Yes. Yeah. Amazing. I have a recommendation. Yeah. It's my favorite. So this is for, so if you don't enjoy reading the Bible as much, you're not alone. We were like that for a long time. 
the Bible is not meant to be a personal development book. Let's just like everyone needs to be very clear on that. I would only read Proverbs for the longest time until then. We're like, hey, we need to because it's it's all about how you associate with it, right? Right. And we've had bad associations. The Bible is boring. It was for old people. It was very structured. So when you reassociate to wow, like reading the Bible allows for me to have seeds planted to then fruit new thoughts new feelings new understandings of god and who he is with us and what he means it's different you know it's it's just i think the biggest thing right away before i give this recommendation people need to know this is not a self-help book it's not meant to be it's 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 a book of being able to talk about how to understand god further and how to share god further with people when the, the when people ask what the purpose of life is. And if you're a believer, it's really to have a closer relationship with God and allow other people to as well in that sense, more than anything else. Um, but if you, but if you don't enjoy it, then what, what's great to listen to is uh, I, I love this, this book and, uh, and this podcast as well. It's called, I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. Yeah. You talked about that on our other podcast. We did. And this is more, if you want to understand, not so much the feel good, like those, those YouTube videos, those are more like affirmations, good feeling. This is more like if you want to understand the context uh, in specific questions that they go over. So you might see one podcast that says, how can we know um, the God created the universe? That whole podcast is around giving biblical text and information, not just biblical, but cosmetology and science and all these things that back that up. Oh my gosh, that might strengthen your faith. Or... What's the evidence that Jesus actually resurrected from the dead and, and is who he says it is? That will strengthen your faith. That will strengthen your faith because people are just like, oh, this is like a fairy tale or like, oh, they, I've heard yeah, every yeah. religion's like that. So if you want a, 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 a podcast that's more like that and you want actual answers, mm. you can tell them a little passion about this. I don't have enough faith, faith to be an atheist is the podcast. Love it. And there's also a book. So that's so a great good. start. Dr. So Frank good. Turk, shout out to you. Yes. Okay. What's our next question? Okay. Amazing. So. I feel like we're on like, I don't know. People want to know. Dina wants to know, how did you get so lean? You look amazing. Oh, thank She's you. She's got the hard eyes. Well, you know, if you follow me at all, or if you have for a while, and it's okay if you're not this following this close, but it was like right before January 1st, like that. So, you know, what I always do is pick my word for the year. What's my focus? What's my goals? And I am one of those that really holds to it. So, you know, people will, really will, people will talk about this all the time. This is my word, abundance, blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, really, how are you living that out? You know, and my word was creativity, creative. Hence why I'm writing a book. Hence why I'm creating a new company. Hence why I'm doing way more on social now. Hence why I'm doing products. It's all creativity. So anyways, with the health stuff, um, like the week before January 1, I basically assessed everything in my health. How much am I on Uber Eats or how much am I like getting these random drinks that are filled with you know, even though you think they're good, they're oftentimes filled with sugars and like matcha drinks, not like, not like sodas or anything. Yeah, That's not, like no. Yeah. But matcha like, with almond milk, but they might have a little extra sweetener or honey or stuff like just, yeah, yeah. And, and you don't even know like what they're putting in there. And so anyways, and, we were and, drinking then, those and then eating out yeah. uh, another big thing, even if you're eating clean, yeah, like you don't know what oil they're choosing. So anyways, I just was like, I need a reset. 
And so with that reset, I had a plan and I actually followed the plan and then carried it through to when I'm traveling. And that's, that was key. That you was actually key. did it. I mean, we're, you know, you, even when we're on the road for a day or two, you bring your own meal preps. Mm-hmm. So, so describe like, uh, you don't have to go into intricacies, but like, what's some things that you had to cut out like specifics and then what, what's your focus with like your meal plan so people could take some tips from that. Yeah. Um, for me, the biggest thing cutting out was eating out, mm-hmm. you know, whether again, whether it's at the restaurant or, or you know, ordering it, um, and then cooking my own food like major. And then I'm actually eating more now than I ate before. Like I'm eating more protein. Mm-hmm. I'm eating earlier in the day. I'm eating way more fruit, you know, more, that's, like, that's a huge thing for Emily, especially, you know, men were like, oh, yeah, protein. But Emily was under eating a lot of protein and your body actually changed in a good way. You got tighter. You got leaner. It's not like you put on muscle mass. That's what the common misconception. But you eat at least she eats, eats that but eats at least 30 grams of protein per meal, oh, yeah. which is like whether it's two fish fillets. Uh, it's, you know, um, you like your, your lean beef, lean, turkey, lean beef. chicken, it's at least 30 grams yeah. per meal. Yeah. And that, that's key though. Yeah. Like people need to understand. Yeah. So what happened is, um, you know, and I'm, I, we both love intermittent fasting, but I was like extending my fast so long that like, I wouldn't eat until three sometimes even like, cause I can. Mm-hmm. Right. And I started to eat way earlier in the day and then it but what I eat is more protein and you know so that has really changed the game for me what's some other tips about your eating like little hacks um I mean I'm in love with the air fryer air fryer yeah yeah I mean like literally it feels like every other day every three days I'm getting fresh veggies you snack um, on a lot of berries. I snack on a lot of berries. That's like your main fruits because yeah. the glycemic index yes keeps it very low. I, yeah I love it um What's your favorite berry? You know, I raspberry. She's a raspberry queen. You know, um, I think one of the biggest things that like is so underlooked for some people, but for me, it's like sleeping. Mm. So like I was in also in a really bad habit of staying up super late and um, not going to bed early and like not sleeping the amount that I needed to. And so the sleep component, you know, that's where you burn a lot of fat. That's where your mm-hmm. body resets. That's, you know, and then I'd say the side to all that though, is like monitoring my stress levels. Yeah. You've been much more. So like really at night, like, like literally dimming the lights, having a, a nighttime routine, uh, t- stopping with the phone, stopping with the DMing, like, I was so not good at that for the longest time, you know? Because you're go, go, go. Yeah. And you're strong. You want to get things done. Mm -hmm. And you've been aware of it ever since I've known you. But when you did this decision to change your health and optimize it, you really become much more aware on that. You know, I'm I'm over here like I I usually stay up late and that's not usually a good thing for her because, you know, it causes some (laughs) friction in that sense. But you started to take ownership of, you know what? Just let Jake do his thing, and I'm gonna still calm down. I'm gonna you, you get in a hot tub, you play yeah. your music. Like I don't my circadian rhythm or whatever, or my working style. Like I don't do good late at night. My yeah. brain shuts off. Like it wants to do something else. Mm-hmm. I my feminine overtakes, and I don't want I don't want to, 
you know, and so it's really like learning. And I did an episode a while back on this, if you're a morning lark or a night owl or, you know, the different styles of how we're all operating even in our, through a cellular level. But like, for me, I don't do well late at night. And so it's like, why am I trying to force Mm -hmm. myself at six or seven o'clock on the computer? Like, that's why theming your days is so essential yeah. For your energy style and your working style. So that's a huge component. I know the question was, how did you get so lean and fit? That is a huge part that's of it. That's huge. Yeah. Because your workout stayed pretty similar or mm-hmm. even actually a little less at times just because of a being little, busy. Yeah. But you got leaner because of that. Yeah. Some other hacks, because I, I want to give hacks. Yeah, yeah. Right, for her is, and both of us, but for her in specific is, uh, we don't cook with any oil. Like when we cook our meat, which is multiple times a day and a lot of it, we use the organic olive oil spray. Yeah. You get that from Amazon. Uh, it basically makes it zero calories. Is there a couple calories in there? Of course, because it's actual oil still. But you have to make sure that's organic and it's olive oil. And there, you also have to make sure this is just a little pro tips because I know if you're listening and you want this, you want to know this. Uh, make sure there's no expeller. Um, it, there's no ex- expellerant. I think that's what's called, which basically means that it's like the propulsion that they use also in spray cans. So we were using one time this coconut oil one, and it seems good. It was like organic or whatnot, wow. but there's expellent. If that's the right word. And I was like, that's unnecessary, and that's actually toxic in the it's sense. It's like chemicals. So there's ones that are that have none of that, and there's an organic olive oil one, 100% uh, organic, and it's just olive oil. If you're using canola oil in any sense, safflower oil in any sense i get it there's some snacks out there that you might have once in a while and has safflower oil yeah fine yeah if you're cooking with that daily big no-no so that's number one that helps save thousands of calories a week um and then also the water you know drinking 20 ounces of water right in the morning like before anything else before any coffee whatnot that lemon or lime with, with lemon or lime that's great and what that does is is that you got to think of yourself. You, you've been sleeping for eight hours. Some of you six, seven, maybe more. And your, I need your body <laughs> has not had a single thing in it. It is completely dehydrated. Yeah. And so your internal organs are dehydrated. It's, they're, they're not as, uh, uh, they don't work as effectively. And so you got to think of your, your, your body as like a, a, like a, a piping system. Like when you drink the 20 ounces water, it's like almost like you're drinking like that pipe cleaner that you put in the the sink to get rid of junk in there to clean it out. It's the same thing that water flushes everything. So Mm. not only do you have better bowel movements, which is super important, but you're hyper hydrating your internal organs, which means that you're going to burn more fat. You're going to burn more calories. There's actually a study that was done that drinking at least 20 ounces of water right in the morning within like the first, let's say 10 minutes of waking up, you're burning up to 16% more calories just from drinking that water. Well, come on. Like, if I told you you could drink water and burn more calories, like, wouldn't you want to do that? Well, that's the case. It has to be 20 ounces. So mm. I just wanted to give those tacticals because you're very, very structured in that sense. And it's it's a big part of why you look amazing 24-7. Yeah, yeah so. you're sweet. Yeah. Uh, what's the next question? Okay. Kind of like all over the place, but I love it. This is good. Has this been good? been good okay this one's a good one let's talk about speaking how do you remember nicole asks how do you remember everything you want to say while speaking or presenting well you always don't uh no i'm just kidding uh well it really depends like if you're doing 
a keynote, it should be in you and it should be practiced and you should know your content. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, you know, I always know my first opening line, knowing, you know, my first story, my intro, my three main points or however many it is, three to four to five, and then what's my conclusion. And so, you know, you really want to think of it like, at least I do. It's like I'm skiing and these are my little mile markers. And as long as I know my mile marker or the point, I can stick it, hit it, kill it, got it. You know, but the way I get there might be a little fluid based on the room, based on mm. how I'm feeling, what I'm, what, what the spirit wants me to say, which is a whole different component of speaking, right? Um, and another really good helpful tip is to have slides. So if you feel like, oh my gosh, I'm forgetting, yeah. you know, having slides changes can the game. Can you have too many slides though? You can have way too many slides, which I've done a lot of, of way, way too many slides or it's just too much content yeah. and then it, like nobody remembers anything because you're you feel like you're just trying to get through this well, and you just keep reading well, the slide instead of speaking well so we've all been that. in those presentations where it's like i got to get through the slides and it's like oh that's the biggest no no it's like you should we'll just skip these these aren't as important you, like <sighs> you should have just hid those 10 slides um or even having like if if you have the ability to have a confidence monitor or um, oh my gosh, if it's on a Facebook live or in the house, just get, get a big post-it, you know, even for the longest time, like when I'd film YouTube videos or do, you know, Facebook lives or Instagram lives, I would just put like a big, the big giant post-it note mm-hmm. and I would put the notes on that. So at least when I would glance up, I could see the key points yeah. and then, you know, so I would say that those are like key ways to remember. And then just like repetition and practice and practice and practice. And it really depends. Mm-hmm. Like for me, I've given talks, but I haven't given the same talk twice. Like, you know, and that's a, like, I'm excited to be able to do that with my new keynote, mm-hmm. but I've given it like once. And then that's, and that's the way, it, that's the way it happened. Right. Um, so I think the more you do something, um, like an opportunity or a sales pitch presentation, the more you do it, like I could do my opportunity presentation with my eyes closed because I did it literally so many times. Do you have any tips on that? Yeah. Uh, well, you, you really highlighted the the majority of what is needed is is number one is what she said is you got to know your first sentence mm-hmm. like because that's usually where the most pressure and nerves are for a speaker um if you're, a spe- if you're a speaker i'm sure you could relate so being able to have that verbatim written out so it's the same thing every time right everything else could change but you know having that first line so like for me how it works is uh and i, I went with t-shirts and the it factor i like to create speaking content is if someone introduces you uh, let's say Emily brought me onto her stage and, uh, you know, it was the first time me speaking to this audience. The audience doesn't know who I am. And I don't care if it's five people, two people, whether it's a business opportunity or it's your keynote speaker and you're speaking to thousands. Emily brings me on and I, the very first thing I do, and I, I do this beforehand, but it's the very first thing I do on stage is I think about what's the connecting story to allow for me to acknowledge Emily, but also to allow the audience to build rapport with me because they understand what do I mean to Emily? How did we connect? So obviously we have a little different dynamic here. Yeah, that's uh, good though. So, but you would think, you know, oh my, you know, uh, it's, it's so, 
Emily, it's an absolute honor. You know, it's funny two years ago, X, Y, Z, and you go right into a, mm -hmm. like a 30, 45 second story. Now the audience has trust with you and you also broke the ice. Yeah. Once you do that, then it's what you said, which is you've got to know your first line of your entire talk or presentation. Mm -hmm. That will then be the, the Kickstarter for everything else to now naturally yeah. roll. So for me, I know it's me going to my story about nursing. So I say, you know, it was just six years ago and I was in the ER. The rest, I can say verbatim easy. But that's the thing, you know, it was just six years ago, no business background, no personal development. And I was working in the ER trying to save lives. And then it goes in my story. You would have yours. Yeah, yeah. You locked into that. That's so good. In the It Factor mentorship, you know, we really like dive in personal branding, selling, and then speaking. Mm -hmm. Do you run people through like if they wanted to make their own keynote? Yeah. How they would do that? Yeah. And that's actually where we were going with this on the, the points you brought up. There's, there's two things you got to know about a signature talk. Right, that's what it's called, it's a signature talk. Emily has her it factor signature talk. Mine is the blueprint to human influence. Is there's, there's two parts that we work on. Number one is if you don't really have the entire structure, you need to first extract your signature talk. So that's what I take you in beforehand. Even if you think that you, you've spoken for years, you have to extract what is that signature talk that's different than anything else you have. So there's a process of extracting that. That's that's your first sentence. That's extracting your first story. You should know your mm -hmm. first story. That's huge. Uh, and then your, your, your ski uh, mile markers, which whether it's um, three keys to something or the four tips or Emily has, you know, like, let's say the four, the four ways to uh, identify and extract your it factor. You got to know those, mm. right? And then you also got to extract the conclusion because too many people I've seen don't leave people with an unforgettable impression, which is where it happens in the conclusion. Ooh. Intro is where you build the rapport so the people will listen to you or not. Kind of hook them. You want to hook them because if not, then the rest doesn't matter because they won't listen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the outro is how are they going to remember you? Because the middle area, it's good. Obviously taking notes, that's what they're going to remember. But people really remember the outro. How did you make them feel? And it's always having a story and not just the message. Too many people have a message, but without the story. They try to say, you know what, that's why you should go live life at your fullest, or that's why you should have your it factor. That's a great message, but it doesn't resonate as much. If you have a story that you have to articulate, you have to be intentful what the story is, the story is the vehicle, right? The car, the message is the passenger. So with a good story, mm. that message will go further because people will remember the story more than the message. So good. So that's, that's what we first go through in the it factor. And it's very like bite-sized, broken down. You will feel like, holy crap, mm. I didn't know I had that in me. Why should someone have a signature keynote? Like if there's someone's watching this and they're like, you know, I don't like necessarily want to be a speaker. Like, mm. why do you think it's important to be able to speak? Yeah. If you don't, if you're not, a, <laughs> if you're not a speaker, you don't, just because you're not a speaker doesn't mean you don't need a signature talk. Everyone needs some sort of signature talk. If you are in sales leadership or marketing, or you are anything that is in any presence of you having to sell something or sell to people, like mm. a mission, you need to have a signature mm -hmm. talk because like Martin Luther King, like he was a speaker, but he was so memorable because he knew how to speak so eloquently, even though he was doing more than just speaking. He could communicate. He could communicate. And get people to buy into his vision and mission. If you're a And, you know, it was like I was on a call with a woman that was looking to join our mentorship program. 
and she runs a nonprofit and she was like, okay, well, I don't really like, I don't need to speak. Oh yeah. And I was like, honey, um, who is going to give you money for a nonprofit yes. if you don't have a compelling message, if they don't have the confidence that if you take their money, that you're going to actually go put it to good work. If they don't feel like they know you, that they could trust your charity. I'm like, no, no, no. I know you're saying you don't want to be a speaker, but you actually like, how much is this mission important to you? And she's like, it's everything. It's my life. It's my, it's my work. Like mm -hmm. it's my husband passed away and this is, I'm doing this in, in remembrance of his name. And, and I'm like, then you need to learn how to speak. You totally do. So I think it's just a mind shift for people. It's and that's how I fell into speaking, by the way, is because I wanted to create a better life for myself. I didn't like wake up and say, I want to speak. You were selling an opportunity to people, whether it's two or five, you were selling about the products. And I had to be the best at it because I needed, be to, I needed to influence people to join me. So if you're in sales, like you're selling products or service, huge. If you are in any type of leadership role, it doesn't mean you have to be the leader at the top. You could be a leader of people within a company, or even if you are just personal brand and you're on a podcast or stuff or such, you need to have a signature talk or at least a structure of that because people need to know you for one thing and then the rest they will know you after. If you don't get one specific thing they know, which is your signature talk or your signature presentation, this could also be molded into a presentation yeah. like your opportunity talks, then they're going to not be as moved as much. And, you know, because there's a lot of network marketers that listen to this, you, you need to be able to stand in front of the room and nail your presentation. And if you're avoiding that, you're avoiding speaking mm -hmm. and you're literally you're going to limit yourself. You're completely your limiting your leadership. No one is going to stand in front of the room. If you don't, you're eliminating so much. It's, 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 it's everything. And then what also is a huge part of it, it can help you in your personal branding mm -hmm. like immensely. And it, even if you have like a, a message you want to bring, it's like, well, then we can take that and, make it your personal brand. And so this is all the stuff we do in our mentorship. Yeah. Um, but I just, I think people, again, if you have a limiting mindset, it's like, you just think, well, I'm not like, I'm not, I'm not going to go be a keynote speaker. So they like discount themselves. And it's like, no, no, no. You need to be able to communicate. Can I, can I share yeah. a quick story on this? Yeah. So resonate with a lot of people and then we'll get back into this. Um, I didn't think I would be a speaker. For those that uh, maybe may, not many know this story, I didn't think I was going to be a speaker. I was doing online training health-wise. This was back in 2019. And I was doing a little bit of business consulting at the time. I wasn't full-time. And I didn't have this mindset. But I did have a mindset of yes mentality. If it seems like it could be a great opportunity and I could get something out of this in the way to for the bigger purpose, why not? And so I got invited to this very exclusive uh, speaking workshop, only like 15 people, my good buddy, Nick Santanastasso, world-renowned speaker, he was going there to refine his craft. I didn't even have a talk. I, I would just talk to sell some stuff. I would never speak. I didn't think that was for me until five years from now. That was my thought at the time. But my understanding was if I go there, I'll make great relationships. I could have this in my pocket for mm -hmm. later, this mm -hmm. signature talk, whatever that means. And I had a little bit of FOMO as well. I was like, I don't want to miss out on this. It's my good buddy. There's great people. Let's do this. 
And it was a hefty investment, but I knew it'd be worth it. And maybe I wouldn't see the results right away, but I knew it'd be worth it. So I go to this workshop and in three days, I go from, and this is where I learned a lot of the extract your signature talk. And then we also train on the master your signature talk. It's the little nuances that, that we teach. And I go from having no clue what a signature talk is to be like, oh my gosh, I could actually speak. I have a story. I have something that's unique. I'm not just some random person no one wants to listen to. Because not only the people pour that into me, but I actually extracted it. I was like, wow, there's great things in here. You so extracted it. And then you saw, oh my gosh, like there's so much inside of me that I could give to other people. That's And, and present. And, and I learned from the best of the best. And I was like, okay. That's good. But here's the thing. I was like, all right, I'll put this in my back pocket. You know, maybe sometime a speaking opportunity will come up. Well, guess what? God works in beautiful and mysterious ways as even how you and I met. And you never know the full extent if you never say yes to certain mm. things. And because I did that, because I stepped out of that, that, that unknown zone and learned something and maybe I could use this. Well, I went to a Tony Robbins event from that workshop. That was the plan. Go from It was a Milwaukee flight right to mm. Miami mm -hmm. and go to this Tony Robbins event, which is my second UPW at the time and sitting in the front rows and nothing my mind was just as it normally would be and then guess what something triggered a new opportunity in my life tony asks all of us to write down what is your extraordinary life look like and because i planted that seed of this being a speaker it would have never happened if i didn't go to that workshop i would have kept the same ideas which wouldn't have been the thing i really wanted i was like well maybe this is where i rewrite the script Maybe this is where, because I took that step, maybe it is time to just put it out there, this big audacious goal that's, oh my gosh, this is really scary to write down. And I, I was like, well, might as well. When, if yeah. not now, then when? Yeah. And so I wrote down, instead of being like, you know, a celebrity trainer or speak, you know, uh, training Tony Robbins, things like that. Mm -hmm. I said, I'm going to be speaking on stages all over the world. I didn't want to write that down because that sounded too big, but I was like, whatever. I'm going to be paid 50000 to speak. And as I was writing 50K in my head, I'm literally saying, Jake, that is crazy. You, there's no way you get paid. Write 25K. And I was about to race it. And I was like, no, Jake, but this is supposed to be big and audacious. And so I was like, keep it at 50K. And I'm going to be speaking on Tony's stage. Why not? Just say it out there, whatever. And I was like, there is no confidence to this. I had no idea. And I felt actually kind of shameful to even express this. But that's what a big audacious goal is. A big audacious goal is something so big outside of yourself mm. that you have to feel discomfort because if not, then it's not big enough. Oh, amen. And so guess what, Emily? Not only did he tell us to go and, and start to share this with other people and I was like sweating by then. I was like, why am I going to tell this people? But they don't know anything different. So I'm telling them and I'm going to be speaking on stage in all the world. I'm going to be paid 50000 to speak. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't know anything different. And then this isn't going to happen to everyone. But God had it in a way where it was the way it was meant to be. Because I did that, the music goes up, you know, we're in the front row, so we all like, if you've seen a Tony stage, you know how it goes, it goes crazy. And he tells everyone to sit down. And I had this little intuition that just said, don't sit down. And instead of sitting down, I went off to the side of the big 15,000 person arena. And I'm, there's the water stations, and the only way to still stay standing up, because I always just, that's all I knew, I was, stay standing up, Jake. So I was sipping on water, because they won't tell you to sit down if you're sipping on water. And Tony asks in the audience, he says, who wants to share their extraordinary life? And Emily, you know how God works in just such wonderful ways. I couldn't even just think and my hand went straight up. 
and he pointed to me out of all 15,000 people, and he said, you, give him the mic. And in that moment, that's where in my head I was saying, God, if this is how it works, and I was playing it all the way back from mm. taking that big investment to go to that workshop, learning these things, going to this event, changing the entire way of what my big audacious goal in life looks like, extraordinary life. I was like, God, if this is how it works for taking those steps and this is how I'm going to be potentially rewarded right now to change it, then I'm all in. Expansion. And my heart was racing. Yeah. I'm nervous. I'm like, I'm about to tell the best speaker in the entire mm -hmm. world that I'm going to be a, a speaking on stage with all the world. And so I get the mic and he's like, what's your name? Where are you from? And tell us what your extraordinary life is. And I was like, my name's Jake Havron. I'm from Dana Point, California at the time. I was like, my extraordinary, and I started to stutter. I literally, like I'm telling him that I'm going to speak on stage all the world. I'm stuttering. My extraordinary life is I'm going to be. I'm going to be speaking. It's because I couldn't hear the, the, the sound because of the I mic know, and all that. Goes. Yeah. And so I, now in my head, literally in real time, I'm like, Jake, don't screw this up. Oh my gosh, there's one opportunity. And I tell Tony, I'm going to, I'm going to be speaking on stages all over the world. I'm going to be paid 50000 to speak. And I'm going to be speaking on your stage, Tony. And the reason why I shared that the whole crowd erupted, it was amazing. We talked for a couple minutes. Speaking bureau agent Kate was in the audience. And she's like, we need to talk. I see it. You have greatness. And I was like, what, me? He's like, yeah, let's set up a call. I have some opportunities for you. Oh my gosh. From not even seeing I was going to be a speaker a couple days ago. Why do I share that story? Because there's someone listening right now that feels like they're not qualified yet to step in that next level. And it might not just be speaking. It might be building their personal brand. It might be becoming a high a ticket closer or being their own coach. You don't wait for the opportunity to come to you. You go create the you opportunity create it all and day. get there. And the thing that I always try to live by at my absolute best is called ready fire and then aim yeah because too many people are ready aim 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 i'm gonna wait i'm gonna hope that this comes to me i'm gonna make sure that a couple more years couple more years and then it's gone yeah so good so i just wanted to share that because so true that's uh that that's that's anyone could be a speaker if they really have their mind to mindset to it because oh. the uniqueness within you the it factor is only yours yeah it's so good. It's so, there's like 500 lessons in that one story, <laughs> like so many lessons to it. The, the one that really stands out is like speaking it into existence and like, uh, almost like, and, and I've done this so many times where even with the getting healthy thing and the creative thing and the, uh, my book and the show and everything in my life. I always put it out there. So then I create accountability. Yeah, you do. And then it's like my brand standard. So I'm always like, Hey, like, here's what I'm doing. And I'm doing it for a couple of reasons. Number one, to bring people on the journey with me. But number two, it like very much holds accountability in a standard. And you know, number three, it's like by speaking it out, like the power of your tongue yes. I mean, it's like you just create a whole new wavelength and even a rewiring in your brain. And when you start to put out a path to make stuff happen. And so I believe that is wholeheartedly and like just saying what you want, going for it. And then, you know, having that accountability, even through like even a small group of people, but you doing it in a stadium is a whole different thing. <laughs> um, but th there's just so much power in that. Thank and, you. um, you know, what stops most people is just the how, 
like not knowing how and like I'm telling you, you can figure out anything if your why is big enough. Yeah. If your why is big enough, like you can get wise counsel, you can get mentorship and make it happen, which is exactly what you did. And here we are. And here we are. Here we are. And I won't go into the full details, but the reason I met Emily is because of that opportunity. Yeah. That speaking bureau agent. So I'm not going to say you're going to find the love of your life. There's no promises. But I will say that speaking bureau agent that, that gave me that opportunity, it was for an event in Burbank, my fir- very first event. Who am I to have this event next to Brian Tracy, living legend, personal development, Mark Victor Hansen, Robert Herjavec from Shark Tank. Mm-hmm. Who am I? That's all I was thinking about. But I was like, Jake, just go do it. You earned this. Right. And guess what? That event is where I also got introduced and first met this beautiful woman right here who's been speaking for a decade at the time. So the only way that God had to set us up for us to have this first date is me on stage. So she's not the one on stage. And the rest was history from there. So it all just unfolds in the most beautiful way. Pretty dang cool. Well, I should we do one more question? Let's do one more. Yeah. 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 Uh, Nicole also asks, are you nervous before speaking? And if yes, as you put, yes, how do you overcome? No, how did you get there? Yeah. Um, it's a, I yes, the answer is yes. And I've always been nervous before I speak, but it's the, the type of nervousness has changed. So it's more of like a nervous excitement. I'm excited. Like it's, it, listen, if I'm not getting like activated and jacked up and like just, feeling some kind of way. I don't know if I should be doing this anymore. Like, cause I think, and I believe like showing that you're a little, like your nerves fire off in different ways shows that you care. If I don't care, then it's really truly not about people. It's about like me and I don't ever want to be that way ever. So I think the nerves is a really good thing. So it's like changing your relationship with being nervous is changing your relationship. Same thing with fear. Mm. For me, it's like if I am not fearful of something at least once a day, like a call I got to make, a message I got to send, something I got to do, then I'm not playing a big enough game. And I know that I'm not living the life God intended me to live. And so when it comes to speaking, the way I shifted it was definitely... um, getting more excited about it. So like more of an excited fear and then really activating like the prayer and Mm. the Holy spirit of like going to the place of who is in that room that I, this message is for and like, what do you want me to say? And it's all about them. And I'm just like this random tool that's going to deliver it to them. I'm the random messenger And so that's what helps so much is you don't make it about yourself. When you're so about yourself, it's going to like fear could take over. But when you have trust and it's about them, it's a whole different thing. And that's why I've been able to do kind of different things on stage or I literally am very like myself. I really don't care. Again, it's like because it's not it's not even about me. It's about the message. And so Mm. it's like, I'm not having to perform for anybody, you know? What do you mean by you activate the Holy Spirit? Like, what does that actually guide someone through if they wanted to activate the Holy Spirit? Yeah. Like, you know, so like pre-stage rituals, 
you know, like some people have the ability, like, or they like to just talk so much before they speak. I don't like, I, even when I'm in hair and makeup, it starts and I'm like, I don't want to talk like shut them up. Like, and, and I mean that in the most loving of ways She does because it's like, it's just a meditative experience for me. But then backstage, you know, um, I go into the corner or wherever it's quiet and I listen to a worship song and I pray and I, I really like take myself out of even like what's going on in my life. Mm -hmm. Like I literally like anything that's about Emily is off the table now. The, the email that just came through the, you know, what's happening tonight? When's my plane leave the next day? did you call your mom nothing about my life like I have to get out of that state and so I go into a state of literally activating my spirit and and you know it's a process like this doesn't usually just happen right away um but by talking to God and 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 commanding what do you you say like what's what's going through your mind when you talk to God yeah you know I'm I'm basically just speaking a different language through my spiritual gifting and you know some people will know what that means other people that will be a new thing for you um but i'm speaking a different language and um just asking god to give me the words and the and the presence and let let it fall on deaf ears even mm, that's good. you know and so and so i take myself out of it so that way i'm in a state that is there to deliver for the person. And again, I'm not even thinking about my life at all. Mm. It's literally, I'm thinking about their life. And that is the key to success for me. And it's like the ultimate feeling of fulfillment. Yeah, that that cuts out those nerves. Not maybe fully, but it helps to re- You still have, like, you're still like, you know, know, jacked up a little bit, but like, it's, it definitely like, doesn't make you feel like you're frozen. Yeah. That's great advice. Yeah. And that could go the same way if like you're getting ready to go on Instagram live and you feel yes. super nervous and you're like, oh, I don't want to press the live button. Like literally put yourself in that state. Great tip. You know? I want uh, to to talk about this nervousness thing because you hit it on the head with that. It's beautiful. And I, and I witnessed this and I think you even put it on your Instagram for those who are following. You see her praying in the corner. You see, I pray over uh, Emily before the talk and... It's just, it's that mindset, right? And it's also that heart set. Um, but can we, can we do a quick little activity? Yeah. You, not, you, have yeah. To, you have to participate. Yeah. Okay. And then you at home, you can participate as well as this. So it's really simple. All I want you to do is every muscle in your body, you're going to tense up. So your core, chest, hands, feet, even grip your feet, tense, tense, tense. Right now, go. And then put a frown on. Okay, relax. Try one more time. Same thing, tense, everything, flex, 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 and I'll put a big smile on your face. Wow. What, was, what was the difference? What'd you feel? I feel happy. You were doing the same exact thing though. The smile. Ah. See, fear and anger is just a slight difference from excitement and joy. Mm. You had the same tension the same buildup of pressure, but it's the smile you had on more. So it's the mindset you have, right? In wow, psychology, 
because you did the same exact thing. It was just a smile, but it's you felt that excitement. making me want to smile now. Because that's what happened. I, you do it all the time. You get so like you get when you're like so excited about something. And you know, in psychology, they say the difference between fear and excitement is just what they say without breath. So when you are fearful, you feel that tension, but you actually hold your breath at times. It's actually a psychological thing. So the only thing, if you're feeling fear or nervousness, just take a breath because then it actually changed to excitement because mm. you're feeling that same tension, but it's without that That's shallow breath. so good. So I, I share that because sometimes people, first off, you need to breathe, right? Yeah. <laughs> As, that's, yeah like seriously, like if you're feeling fearfulness or stress, uh, breathe. Uh, but the second thing is, is to, to, to bank off what you were sharing, uh, you know, re, what was it like over a year ago, I had a walk with uh, one of our friends, John Gordon, he wrote the energy bus. Uh, you had him on a show, didn't you? Or you, no, you had, mm -hmm. oh, okay. No. Gotcha. Uh, we were hanging out. That's, that's where yeah, I thought yeah, we had yeah, on yeah, a show yeah. or whatnot. And I had a talk and he's been speaking for 20 plus years, corporate speaker all over the world, stages of 15,000 to, you know, high schools and such. Right. And he actually gave me this really good mindset that it stuck It stuck home when he shared it. Has it been around from other people? Maybe, but he was the one that right. really hit it in. And it was like, I asked him about getting nervous. And he said, Jake, you're getting nervous because you're trying to be the genius on stage. You're trying to be the performer. And that's not the case. Yes, you have to perform, but change that mindset and try not to be the genius, but try to extract the genius out of others. It's mm, good. Because the moment you do that, you take all the pressure off yourself that the lights and the cameras and the action and all the eyes are mm. on you. And it's actually putting it back onto the people because you're so not the good. performer, you're the transformer. Yeah. And the moment you do that, you'll feel the nerves going away. You'll actually resonate so deeper good. and people will remember you longer because of that transformation you create. That. So that one thing, Every time I just, and it's, it's like what you said, but I think about how can I help people extract that genius? Mm. The way that I speak, this isn't about me. I'm going to go speak at a sales company or I'm going to go speak at a leadership team. It's not about my content. My content's great, but what is it that's going to help them increase their sales? How am I going to make this applicable so they get what they really want, which is more money, more sales, more, more happiness and their, their, their ability to, to serve clients, leadership. How can this optimizing influence? How can this allow for them to have more effective culture? How, how can they uh, speak better to each other and, and create more growth in their company? That's what they really want. They don't want what I have. Right. They want those things. So if I could help that, then it takes the pressure off of me. So good. So whether you're on that IG live, like how you shared, or you're going to go do a presentation to two or three people, or you're going to go on your first event ever, just have that mindset and ask those questions. What can I do to help extract the genius? What can I do? Which is all about being in service. Being in service, which is literally like how we should live, but unfortunately, a lot of people don't. You know, it's like all about me, 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 me centric. Well, guess what? So a lot of people don't live like that, which means that when you do, you stand out faster. Yeah, yep, and people oh, can that's, feel that's it and the they know it. it. I love it. This, was well, this fun. has been amazing. Yeah, did you have fun? Yeah, by the way? yeah, yeah, I love it. I'm like, I feel like there's a hundred other things we could go through, which we'll do that next time for should Q we, and A. Should we do this again? Sometime Let's do soon. it again. How yes. We, how, how would we do this if uh, if people want to ask questions? Yeah, I'll put the questions on Instagram. Instagram. 
And so always, whatever you ask, even if you don't think like I'm writing back right away, um, I'll address it probably on the show or within a post or something like that because I always survey my audience. So more questions, maybe yeah. questions that could be about other topics, now knowing that oh, it's yeah. us. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Um, and if you if you enjoyed this, if you like this, make sure you tag Emily and I. This is our only yeah. ask or request out of this. Tag us on your yeah. stories. We love seeing yes. that. Like literally, we love seeing. Make sure Jake Havron, it's Emily. And, uh, you know, do a screenshot of this and whether you want to just yeah. say what you liked or enjoyed. And we would love to see that and shout you out. Absolutely. All right. Thank you, Silo Network, for having us on in collaboration with It Factor. We'll see you next time. See you next time.